0: wow that sounds so great margin room for life wouldn't that be wonderful sometimes it seems to be just out of reach uh, we we want to have room in life, it seems like room is, life is heavy, and it's closing in, and it, it's just hard to keep our head above water, and even just the simple things in life seem to weigh us down more because we're already there, we're already stressed out, we're already above our margin. Uh, that even happened to me uh, Friday night, uh, Cindy was away, uh, she had gone away with her mom to Ohio to celebrate her uncle's life, he had passed away. And uh, so they were there, and so fortunately Mariah was taking care of me for meals and things like that. Not really good in the kitchen, but we ran out of grape juice. And I have this special, I take, we just came onto this, that salsa water, and I know it's not good for you because it has like fake sugar in it, but it's wicked sweet, it's peach, and I mix it together with a little grape juice, it's like I can't get enough of it. So anyway, we're out of grape juice, and um, I'm trying to, like, open the the, the thing. I'm trying to, you know... Uh, get it going and all this kind of stuff and and I'm just having troubles with it I I just can't get it in there and then I decide well I better microwave it and I microwave it not enough and I get a I get a little funnel out for the thing and I'm like gooping it in and it's just not going well and you know me I don't like messes I'm just having all kinds of problems I'm getting really frustrated Uh, you know and something simple is making concentrated grape juice well, a little bit later I discovered that actually concentrated grape juice is on its way out. All these concentrated drinks are on their way out because it, it has a less of a share of the market because people just don't have time to take a frozen can and make it so they're just spending a little extra money and buying it already made up. So I told Cindy, man, come on, I mean, you know, we don't have bunny to burn, but just let's stop with the concentrated grape juice. Let's just get the real stuff. But it just shows us how margin is slipping on every area of life. The fact that concentrated orange juice, all those things are sold less and less because people don't have the time to to make it up. And uh, you know, we've been talking about margin, and this has been our uh, definition. Margin is the space between my load and my limits. And when you and I get close to that, Uh, It just creates all kinds of stress and all kinds of problems. So the goal, the hope, is we follow Christ and we understand his rhythms of life. We find that we don't have to live marginless lives. Now there's no other place that shows marginless living or applies it to a segment of life than this picture right here. And uh, this picture really drives me nuts some of you have cars like this that actually tells you, anticipates how many more miles you have until you run out of, uh, you know, fuel, and uh, you're driving along and you're watching that, oh, I've got 25, 35, I mean, how, how many of you guys let it get below 50? Ah, all right, all right, let's really, even, 35? Oh, my. Hey, someone said eight? Oh. I'm having like a little palpitation right here because that drives me nuts. And you know, and, and it, it irritates me. And, and we used to get calls from the girls when they were still living home but nursing twins up in uh, Syracuse. And every once in a while, we'd get a call that would go like this Hey, dad, what? My car says I only have 15 more miles till so I run out of gas, and my GPS says I'm 18 miles away from home. What do I do? Just get home. You know, get to a gas station or other times my car's, you know, down to 20 and I'm still leaving and I'm in a sketchy part of Rochester, what do I do? You know, get gassed up just sitting on the side of the road with your car going. Now that irritation was out of love, but it's this idea of not having any margin. Now, there's some of you in here, I, and I kind of got this idea, there's some of you that actually like, in some areas of life, living marginalist. You like the adrenaline, you like the, the craziness of all of a sudden, let's see, can I, you know, can I do it on five miles? What if I get to zero? How many miles can I go after the little car says zero, or where that line is? And when I think of that, it reminds me of this guy. Looks like we're going to need some gas. Oh, well, how much gas do you think is in there right now? Well, it's on E. You know, look, oftentimes, Jerry, he lends me his car, and I find myself in a situation where the car is almost out of gas. But for a variety of reasons, I don't want to be the one responsible for purchasing costly gasoline. So you want to know how far you can drive your friend's car for free? Well, I make it up to him in other ways. Where is it now? There's still some overlap between the needle and the slash below the E. How long are you going to go? oh i've been in the slash many times this is nothing you get used to it just put it out of your mind have you ever been completely below the slash well i almost did once and i blacked out is it just the angle i'm looking from no sir we are down there oh this is amazing oh i never felt so alive <laughs> all right i'm satisfied we better get some gas what well we can't stop it now huh? What do you mean? We have to keep going all the way back to the dealership. That was the plan. There was no plan. Well, let's make it the plan. Let's just go for it, like Delma and Louise. They drove to a dealership? No, they drove off a cliff. Oh, You're a one sick mama. I like it. Cars can go on empty, but not us humans, huh, fella? I'll get us a couple of twins, Mars. Kramer, it needs it bad. <laughs> this will make you happy, because it won't. you just go on without me? Listen to me. When that car rolls into that dealership and that tank is bone dry, I want you to be there with me. When everyone says Kramer and that other guy, oh, they went farther to the left of the slash than anyone ever dreamed. Maybe we'd better get moving. It's good to have you back, Stan. It's Rick, by the way. No time. We did it! We pulled it off! I can't believe it! Where's the needle? Oh, it broke (laughs) off, baby! I wonder how much longer we could have lasted. Yeah, yeah, I wonder. (laughs) 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 It broke off, baby. How much farther can we go? A lot of us are living that way. And sometimes it's fun, but most of the time it becomes overwhelming. And the lack of margin, the lack of space in our lives uh, becomes a heaviness and affects our interactions with those dearest to us. You flip out about making grape concentrate, whatever it is, And uh, it's just not a great place to be. Well, Rick Warren does a really masterful job at giving ten reasons your tank is empty. And I liked his outline so much that we're using it this morning. Ten reasons your tank is empty. And uh, the first uh, reason is this, not starting out with a full tank. You start your day already on empty. And, uh, again, I used to really get after the girls, you know, when you're going up to Rochester and you're doing a 12-hour shift, fill the tank up. Take care of your old man's heart because he, ang- he gets more anxious than you do. And when it does happen, don't call me. Call your mother. She has more sympathy about gas running out of gas. Did I say that? Oh, she's in kids' zone. But anyway, she has a little more sympathy about that. Don't start with an empty tank. Start with a full tank. And obviously, the parallels are true to our emotional, spiritual life. For those of us who have said yes to Christ, we don't have to start with an empty tank. And we should start with a full tank or a fuller tank. And that begins by spending time regularly with God. Uh, It's a part of the deal. I'm sorry. It's hard. It's probably the most... Uh, A difficult part about following Christ is regularly, daily starting the day off with Him, engaged with Him, not just reading a verse a day to keep the devil away, but actually just kind of really engaging with it. It's so important. So, if we're reasons why our tank is empty is we start off with not a not a full tank. Um, Also, sometimes we're just too busy to pause and refuel. Just, just too busy, and it, just, it seems like uh, we just don't have time for it, and uh, because of that, uh, we make a game of it. We think it's kind of funny, but it, it really isn't. It, it's hard not to start our day or to be too busy uh, to stop and refuel, and some days we hit the wall and we have no choice. So we just think we're too busy, and uh, again, we we need to get to the place where we're realizing we have to have self-care for ourselves. It doesn't mean we become lazy. It doesn't mean we're not engaged, but we start to learn the rhythms of our life and know where our capacity is. And all of us have different capacities. I was talking to someone uh, before the, uh, this service, and I just said, you know, uh, you know we, we can't compare ourselves with other people who can carry less and feel good about ourselves. And we can't compare ourselves with someone who carries more than us and, and feel bad about ourselves. We need to understand who we are and how God's wired us. Uh, but we, we need to realize that all of us, no matter who we are, need to pause and uh, refuel. Also, there's those unaware areas uh, where we have a leak and uh, they're draining us. And two of the most obvious places that this happens is with relationships and responsibilities. Uh, there's people in our lives that that drain us. And that's not that we, you know, isolate ourselves. Uh, we want to give ourselves away. But we need to know that fine line. We need to know boundaries. And I've shared this with you before. There are people in my life that energize me. I just get on the phone with them. I spend a little bit of time with them, and wow, I feel good. I, I don't know what they said, but uh, I just feel I, there's a, a little bit more lightness to my walk. And then there's those folks that just kind of suck it out of me, and uh, I just need to understand that. And I understand that sometimes those leaks, so I need to need to set myself up and not be drained all the time. And then there's responsibilities. All of us have responsibilities. We have to have responsibilities. We need to fulfill our responsibilities. But again, if we're starting our day with God, starting having a full tank, then he gives us the ability to know what responsibilities we really need to carry and what ones we don't. Uh, We could go over and over and see passage after passage that talks about God giving us what we need that he's called us to do. And sometimes you and I pick up something and carry something. He never had any intention of us carrying it. We talked a little bit about that last week when we talked about good versus better. And there were some things that just uh, just it wasn't meant for us to do. And then we're frustrated because we don't have enough energy to, to do that, so that we get drained by that. Also, uh, ignoring the owner's manual, uh, your car. Uh, how many of you guys have, yet cha- have not changed your clock yet in the car? Anyone? Uh, one person, the only person brave enough. I'm sure there's one of you else out there. But, you know, the only way I have to, re- I have to remember every time I have to open up the manual, because I can't remember how to do it. And, uh, you know, the owner's manual is good for that. I learned something new this week, and it cost us a few hundred dollars. Is I didn't realize this. Our, our emergency brake in our car is push button. It's electric, it's not like, or like, you know, on the foot, and, and I, and I, it stopped working. Oh, well, actually, we weren't ever using it, but it all of a sudden, the little light on said it wasn't working, so I brought it over there, and yeah, it's not working, and the caliper and all this stuff, and uh, I had to get a new one. And he said, how, when I called, he said, how often do you use your emergency brake? Never! That's the reason you kind of, I guess you got to stretch it like a muscle or something. I don't know. Someone's going to come up after me to go, Dave, they were pulling your leg. That's not true. Well, anyway, we've got a new one, but I'm sure in the manual, I didn't even double check it, you need to eventually test your emergency brake and you keep it limber so it doesn't seize up. Owner's manual. Same thing for our spiritual lives. If you've said yes to Christ and you're not in his word, You're not studying the life of Jesus and seeing how he lives, what was important to him. You, me, we're going to make missteps all the time. And God reveals to himself, Jesus reveals to himself through the spirit, what we need at what the time, and equips us so it's always a growing process. I'm not the same person I was a few years ago, I hope. So as I read through those stories, as I read the scriptures, it strikes me and touches my heart in a different way. And I continue to grow. Hopefully, I continue to respond. I continue to listen. The owner's manual. We need to to be about that. Um, Also, there's a time where we just hurry, we're just, it's just too fast and we all realize the faster I drive, the faster I run out of fuel. The faster you drive on the the turnpike or whatever, uh, the faster you run out of fuel. And the same is true with life, and there's nothing wrong with having an active life. But you also got to realize that if you play hard, work hard, you need to replenish hard. And so you just have to understand that, and we're not machines. And so we've got to replenish, refuel, and uh, that's got to be a part of it. If we don't do that, we will run out of gas. We'll be running on vapors, and uh, it's not a fun way to live. Sometimes we get distracted, and we're not watching our gauges, or at least not believing them. Um, My car, uh, the engine light, goes on every once in a while when the temperature changes significantly and then it goes away, and then the temperature changes, it goes back, and I've gone to him, and he says, yeah, it's just a sensor, blah, 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 blah. but I check it out. Uh, You know, when my kids, uh, sometimes when their cars, I I discover that something's been going on, and they kind of haven't said anything. I remember one time, one left the lights on, and I said, how'd you leave the lights on the car? Wasn't the car dinging when you shut the door? Oh, yeah, it was dingy. I didn't know what that was. You shut the door and went on your way, and then the, it was, the battery was dead. You know, uh, you know these things are, are, are our gauges are, are a gift. We have emotional gauges. We have, you know, just physical gauges. Uh, uh, sometimes um, you wake up exhausted, and it's because you're just not sleeping enough. Talked about that a couple weeks ago. Uh, from 100 years ago, I forget what exactly it was, you know, Americans sleep at least a year, uh, a year and a half less. Yeah, <laughs> sleep uh, an hour and a half less uh, a night. And that, and that, that affects us somehow. And, and those are gauges. We need to, need to understand what those gauges are. Uh, not being distracted from them.
1: Um, being overwhelmed.
0: Uh, the more I carry, the sooner I run out of fuel lying to myself, I can handle this. A number of years ago, we were on a youth group trip and we were taking kids up Mount Washington. Some of you are familiar with that. It's the highest mountain in the Northeast and we had lined it all up. We were going so far in and then leaving our stuff and making the rest of the way up to the top and then coming back, spending the night on our way out. Well, it was one of these rare days where it was 90 degrees in the whites, and that doesn't usually happen. So, uh, you know, we were all, it was, it was hard going, and it was a little harder going for Cindy. So, uh, you know, I had every extra thing because I was the youth pastor at the time, so first aid kit, way more than we needed. So my backpack was 60 pounds, and uh, me thinking I was a superhero when it was time to take Cindy's pack, I just bungee corded it onto mine. It was like 85 pounds now. And all the kids actually were like, hey, we can take something. I'm like, no, 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 you know, I'll do it, you know. And sure enough, we did it. We got to the campsite where we were staying, and uh, my legs were like twitching. I was like, what is wrong with me? Overloaded. Uh, I can handle this. Lying to ourselves. Uh, One of the reasons we run out of gas. Pressure to do it now. Rapid acceleration wastes fuel. Stop and go, and fast and go, and you know it just—it just—and when that's a part of our lives, and we don't need the pressure, but we take the pressure. Fast go, fast go. It just drains our fuel, our fuel for life. We need to be aware of that. We need to understand that. Kind of touched on this already, but this—you uh, know—this idea of pride. Thinking the limits of my tank don't apply to me. You go into the doctor. The doctor tells you some news you don't want to hear about your physical health. You know other people that have struggled with that. And you say, you know, that's true, but that doesn't apply to me. Some are you aware I've got this thing called or something, something, I should know what it's called, but I have to go in once a month and have my uh, blood levels checked with something called hermatocrit, and it, it's got to be between, I think, 40 and, and uh, 50, and uh, they watch it because my blood's too thick, and it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a treatable form of blood cancer, so don't get worried, they say you live forever kind of thing, but I've got to watch it, and it affects my medication. And so to say, oh, those limits won't apply to me. I don't need to take my medicine. I don't need to do this or whatever. I'm feeling great. I I felt, you know, all that kind of stuff. uh, That's pride. You take common sense. You know, understand what fuels your body, your soul, your heart, and, uh, you know, make sure you're not thinking this doesn't apply to me. Uh, Lastly, override is this just produces no margin. Not allowing time to fill up. And sometimes, again, we just feel like we're gasping from one thing to another. And often we're so good at doing it that it's all internal. And no one on the outside sees it until finally you're out of gas. And so understanding how we work, and some of this is oversimplifying it, but the idea is that when you and I don't fill our tanks, we will run out of gas. And even running a car on a little bit of gas in the tank is not good for us. And the same is true for our cars. Some people are actually running their vehicle right to the limits, right to the fumes and the bottom of the gas in their tank. And that can actually damage your engine. I'm going to show you what it looks like when you do damage your engine. What happens when you drive on empty? Tom Stamp, Goodyear Service Manager, will explain to us and show us a fuel pump and what happens. The bottom strainer itself, the sock itself, this actually filters the sediments before it gets into your fuel pump. The lower the level of the gas, the more chance you have of sucking the sediment from the bottom of the tank and actually plugging this filter up. Once the pump burns up, you're talking anywhere from a $500 to about a $1,000 repair on average. I suggest that drivers should maintain at least a quarter tank of gas in their tank at all times. You can do damage to the actual motor itself. You can plug your fuel injectors. You're gonna have poor drivability and running conditions on the vehicle as well. So next time that little red light comes on or that sensor that tells you you're low on fuel, it's time to make a turn into the local gas station. Don't let your vehicle run on empty. It'll save you in the long haul. And it's absolutely true in our own lives. Don't let your life run on empty. So what do we do? How do we keep our tank filled? A uh, very verse we've been recurring, going back to during the series is Jesus' words in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light rest for your souls we live in a crazy world and it seems to just get ratcheted up and we think things are getting a little easier and a bang and things are getting a little easy and bang and being a restful soul isn't only just good for you but it's good for those closest to you and it's really good for a world that is restless One of the greatest takeaways, somebody in your sphere of influence, where you work, where you shop, where you go to school, is to see that you have a rest for your soul. It points to Christ. If you've said yes to him. And yes, craziness can go on. It's not sticking your head in the sand. We've talked about this a lot. You ought to know what's going on in our world, and our government, and all those kinds of things. You ought to be praying. You ought to be engaged in a, in a productive way, not a counterproductive way. Everyone defines that a little differently, but you ought to be there. But when, when you can have a rest, and it doesn't come out of fear, and it doesn't come out of
1: panic,
0: that's an amazing thing. And people are hungry for that. And the only place we're going to say, and maybe it sounds a little uh, arrogant or whatever, if we're going to say that's through your relationship with God that Christ gives you. In a few moments, we're going to celebrate communion, which just reminds us of the significance of Christ giving his life for us. So how to keep your tank full, how to have this being a growing part of your life. First of all, we need to just get fed up with how you have been living. I get fed up with it. It's it's, it's a sad thing, but usually the most of my changes happen in my life because there's pain. There's a hurt. I wish I was smart enough to see a pain in somebody else's life, not that I want to see pain in someone else's life, and go, aha, I don't want to do that. I don't want that to be me. So I'm going to avoid that pattern of life. But a lot of times, many of us are the kind of person we have to learn hands-on. We have to feel the pain. Then we go, aha. We get to the point where we say, I can't take it anymore. I'm, I'm done with this. Of course, that reminds me of this guy. That's all I can stand. I can't stand no more. Remember Popeye, you know? He'd get to the point where he'd be up to his eyeballs, and he just couldn't take it anymore. And then all of a sudden, he'd fill himself up with what? All right, spinach. And then his muscles would come out, he'd save who? Olive, Olive oil, yes. And everything would be good in the world again. But it'd get to the point where he couldn't take it any longer. You and I have to get to a place where we can't take it any longer. And instead of wallowing in it, instead of being mad in it, instead of being, you know, just, we, we actually change and we let that pain change us. We we ask the question, Jesus asked the question, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. I love how Eugene Peterson, when he paraphrases this verse, looks into the verses ahead of it, before it, and says, there was religion that was just weighing down everybody. Everybody. So, as Jesus is speaking this, he's thinking about what he just said about this uh, Pharisees and all the harnesses of rules versus relationship. And so, Eugene Peter says, if you read the context, it's just not, are you tired? Are you worn out? It also includes this whole religiosity, and he includes that in his, his paraphrase. So, what do we do? We need to come to Jesus. We need to come to Jesus. And I've I was, as I've read this, obviously, a number of times uh, over, this time, over this series. Um, you know, I always think of coming to Jesus, oh, I need to pray, and you spend the time. This was, when Jesus said this was actually come to Jesus, wouldn't that have been cool? You know, come to me. Oh, and then you get to actually go to physical Jesus. You know, there were the 12 disciples, but then there were all these other people that followed him. This was, you know, literally come to me, be with me. You and I, as we apply this, we need to come into his presence. We need to say yes to him. I so appreciate the songs we sung earlier and just the, just the, just the reminder in my heart and my soul of, of who God is and how he works in my life and even thinking of communion and all of that. That was great. I felt like I, I came to Jesus or he came to me, right? Isn't that great? That's great about gathering together, something you can't do individually, at home, by yourself. You can to a point, but it's nice to hear a couple other voices, especially if you sound like me. But you come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. You place your trust in him. You're thankful that he gave his life for you. He died on the cross to pay for our sins, our self-centeredness, all of that yucky stuff so that we could have a relationship with God, so God could join our life, so the Holy Spirit could be a part of who we are, not just from afar, not just from the outside, but join our life on the inside. And what's amazing, it doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, even what you will do, uh, whoever comes to him, Jesus, he says, I will never reject And there's some moments in my life when I look to my past, I know there'll be some moments in the future where I'm so thankful that Jesus won't reject me. It doesn't mean I don't have consequences for my actions. It doesn't mean that, but it means that he won't reject me. In my brokenness, in my worst places, he never rejects me. He never says, get away from me. And uh, I think we all, all desperately, desperately need that. And when you and I do say yes to Jesus, he gives us a strength to face what we need to face. He gives us power to those who are tired and worn out. He offers strength to the weak. Those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. And again, as I said earlier, it just comes down to you've got to wait upon the Lord. And some of that involves getting into his word, spending time with him, reading a passage, asking God, how does this apply to me? Talking with him, praying, spending that time. And then we find that strength to carry us through. Some of us like talking about getting fuel, talking about getting gas, uh, all those kinds of things, but I don't care how long you sit your car in a gas station, unless you actually put fuel in it, nothing happens. You can have nice little fuel things all around you, nothing happens unless you let it get into you on a regular basis. Of course, that involves giving up control and that's hard for us, it's really hard opening up your hands and saying, you know, I'm giving up control. I'm going to follow your lead. I'm thankful that I come to you, and you're already halfway there. It's not like I have to come chase you down. You're there. You're you're moving towards me. I'm moving towards you, and you join my life when I say yes to you. I may not know all the details of how to what that means, but I'm I'm engaged and I've decided to follow you. I've decided to accept the gift of a relationship with you, salvation, be born again. All these kinds of words, some of us are, are familiar with, and he joins our life. And then I learn how to give up control, and that involves taking on his yoke. In the last year, I believe uh, Will spoke on um, the yoke, and he actually had a wooden one up here. He got one, and he explained it, and. Um, The idea of taking on that yoke and and the purpose of that yoke is is to share and lighten the load Uh, I'm not a farmer so whenever I get into these things I'm in dangerous territory because I may say something a little bit off but my understanding is this usually when you have a new ox you're trying to train you put them with a big one and the big one is so much stronger than the little one Then, when they go do their thing, the little one's kind of like in there and the big one just keeps plodding away and you, you know if he want to go over here he really can't go over there and all of a sudden that newbie starts to learn how to do what ox do, oxen do and he gets trained and it's a light. That, that new one isn't even really carrying anything, the big one it's all on. Him and it's not on the little one, and they learn, and it's light. Some of us refuse that again. We're not giving up control, we don't want to really take on the yoke. But Jesus says, Come to me, and you'll find your yoke. You'll find that my commandments, my directives, my directions, whatever you want to call them, are actually freeing and light for life rather than weighing you down, rather than heavy. For my yoke is easy. Another word that describes it easy fits perfectly. No chafing. The only reason it's chafing is because we're resisting it. Fits perfectly. And my burden is light. Pile your troubles on God's shoulders. He will carry your load and help you out. Giving control, doing your part, but resting in the fact that you're carrying this, you're in this yoke, and the purpose of this yoke is to share and lighten our loads. Going along with this is the idea, when I'm yoked with Jesus, we move together in the same direction, at the same pace. His rhythms for life become our rhythms for life. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Again, no matter what place you are in your spiritual life, God doesn't force Himself on you. That's good and bad, right? Some days I go, Why don't you compel me? Why don't you make me do the right thing? But He doesn't force Himself on us, um, it's our choice. So, I want to live by the Spirit. I start my day out. This, I try to look at my schedule. I try to see what's going on. I have appointments and these things. Sometimes I've overpacked it. Sometimes it's just right or whatever. And I want to step through with Him. And what's amazing, I said this in the first service it's amazing that sometimes uh, 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 if someone calls me, or sometimes I'm overpacked, and two people call me in the afternoon and cancel. And I'm like, yes, I needed that space. When that first used to happen, I used to try to fill it up with something else. I'm going, wait a minute, no, I'm overpacked. I need to take that space, that breathing room in my life, and use it. I'm, I'm trying to walk in step with the Spirit. I'm trying to be aware that He is engaged in my everyday life. He's not out here. I have a relationship with God. Eternity is secure, but He's just kind of over here. No, He joins our life. Our lives get in step with God by telling, by letting Him set. The pace. And uh, some of you are running too hard. Some of you are not running enough. You need to let him set the pace. Not Dave Spencer set your pace. Not somebody else set your pace. I don't, actually, I don't want that responsibility to set your pace. That's not my business. You have the spirit if you've said yes to Christ. He can set your pace. But you can, again, stop and spend time with him. Or, or you're just kind of guessing at it. Learning to trust is a part of this. Uh, at 11.06, now everyone's gonna look at their watch. I'm on vacation. Be a short service today. We're out of here. For three weeks. Wow. Somebody say, what a racket you've got going, Dave. You only worked for about an hour and a half on a Sunday, and now you're getting three weeks off. Man, this is great. It is. Just don't tell anyone, please. It's very easy. But um But I tell you, when I take a day off or any time away, I have to learn to trust because sometimes I think things are going to fall apart if Dave Spencer takes his hands off. And that's absolutely not true. Absolutely not true. You and I need to first start to learn to trust, to take our hands off. That's not being irresponsible, but there are moments where you can just say, God's got this. I don't have this. And just trust him and rest in that learn from me I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your soul the idea of gentle and humble are cures for stress they're cures for stress Gentle, humble, learning how to move with that. He's he, Again, he doesn't force himself on us. We learn to be humble before him. We learn to be gentle with our lives. The opposite of that is aggressive. We, we don't wait. We don't pause or reconsider. Uh, sometimes we, need to, we don't need to make a decision or take an action immediately. We've got a little room again, I say that on the other side, there's some of us who do need to make decisions, do need to get going, but a lot of us are in this thing, we just are going, going, going. And uh, when you and I experience his gentleness, his humility, and it starts to become a part of our way of life, it relieves stress, it relieves aggression, it makes it possible so that we can pause. Also, again, I already touched on this, is this idea of arrogance. We try to control everything. And everyone. But the reality is, there's only one thing you can control, and that's you. That's you. Your responses or your reactions. You can only control you. Since the Lord is directing our steps, why try to understand everything that happens along the way? Again, we need to be aware of what's going on in our world, but we don't have to carry it. We can can rest. We don't have to understand everything along the way. Sometimes all we need to know is that God loves us, and we love him. Not to earn his love, but because of his love. So, going along with this, uh, we need to start every day by filling our tank. And I've already talked about this. I love how Jesus models this himself. You see in places in scripture where he slips away. That wasn't an academic exercise. He wasn't just doing that so that uh, we could say, well, Jesus did that. He actually liked that. He liked to get recalibrated by slipping away to fill his tank so he was active but not busy. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role-play before God. That's a whole nother sermon. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God, and you will begin to sense his grace. Fill your tank. Uh, at the bottom of your notes is something called U-version. We've talked about that. Uh, if you look in your program, there's something called uh, Right Now Media. Uh, 20,000 videos ranging from a few minutes to longer, all on all kinds of subjects. We have a resource center, a library with all kinds of stuff in it. Uh, there's, this, there's been no generation like our generation that has more resources for spiritual growth at their fingertips. No generation. Yeah, do we actually tap into that? Also, uh, stay connected to your local church, or your church family. And you say, maybe that's kind of self, uh, you know, you go, know, you obviously, Dave, you want people to come to church, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, 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 I do. I have to be honest. I do want people to come to church. But uh, the idea is church is a local group of Christ followers. You need people rowing in the same direction as you are trying to roll. You need iron sharpening iron. And that happens when you're with others that are trying to follow Christ. That doesn't mean we do that exclusively. When we do that exclusively, we're forgetting about the world. We're not to live in a holy bubble. We're not to live separate lives or to be engaged or to, to be strong enough that we influence our world rather than having our world always influence us. You've got to be a part. And and if you're not into this church, I'm going to just say this, you need to find some church to be into, some church family. And if you can't find any church family in the Finger Lakes region that you can connect with, I'm guessing it's not about all the churches. It's about you. There's got to be one out there that you can go to for more than six months or a year or three years. You need to... So they know you, and you know them. It's easy to skip along, they start to, and then you back off. You know, again, connected. The church is Christ's body. He says it, I just, it's just on and on. You can't, you can't uh, get away from that. And it's filled with Christ who's completely filling everything else. And if you want to be filled, you want to have your tank filled, you want to live with margin, that's got to be a part of the deal. I'm sorry. Uh, it's, it's just got, It's got to be. So if you make your local church, if you're visiting, make your local church the place that it ought to be. Engage, be a part of it, uh, so that it has an influence in the community. Because, you, you know, we can't be fooled that we don't need to be f- fueled. So don't be fooled. Live fueled. Just can't do it. Sorry, you can just is not going to happen. So as you think about margins, as you think about making room for life, see the things that empty your tank, keeping that tank f- fueled emotionally, spiritually, physically, any other component of life you can think of is absolutely important. If you don't think you can do that, then you're fooling yourself. We ought to live full-filled, fueled lives. Would you pray with me? Grace, Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you for your love for us. We thank you for your patience with us. Uh, Father, I just ask if there's someone here that uh, has never said yes to you, in this moment They it's just weighing on their heart, that even silently, right in their heart they can say, Lord, I want you to be a part of my life. I thank you for forgiving you. I thank you for the gift of your son. And I want you to be in a part of my life. And I want to start that with a big step of faith and just help me with that. And uh, Lord, I ask that uh, they'd be on our way to finding that they can have margin and be fueled in their life and not fooled. And for those of us who already know you, again, not just for ourselves, but, but help us to have margin. Help us to have rhythm. Not just so that it makes our lives smoother and it touches those closest to us, but it touches a world that desperately needs you. Help us with that. Help us not to miss that. We ask all of this in your name. Amen.